a competitive spirit and just really dial in and truly take it up one day at a time and focus on what lies ahead and that is improving. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I was a little disappointed at work today. Uh, today was was very unfulfilling. And not the work parts of today. The work has been good. I enjoyed the Bill Michaels show earlier today. It did some really good show prep. I've been all over it. From a professional perspective, I've had a great day. From a, a personal and, and social perspective, not so great. I watched SNL on Saturday. I never watch SNL. Uh, but on Saturday, I watched USC Notre Dame. And then when that game was over, or it appeared that it was going to be basically over, I went for a walk. I like a good walk in the evening. I like to stretch my limbs. You know, it helps me fall asleep at some point. I came back. And SNL was just starting. And I said, oh, whatever, I'll watch this. A lot of other people watch this. I always see tweets about it. And it's always trending. So I'll watch this. And then if it comes up on Monday on Twitter or, you know, if I'm around the old water cooler at work, you know, and they're talking about SNL, I'll be ready. I, I can't wait. And then I got today and it, it never came up. Like not once. And I remembered I don't even have a water cooler at work. I'm always preparing for water cooler talk. We don't have a water cooler. Also, I know the names of like three of my coworkers and two of them leave at 10 a.m. And another coworker, he's not even in the building. Bill Michaels, he's in his home studio. Who did I think I was going to talk to today about SNL? I don't know why my expectations were so high. And if it would have come up, I would have said, eh, Ice Spice was a little flat, if I'm not going to lie. Pete Davidson's intro, I thought, was was pretty good and, and pretty touching. All of the skits were, were pretty poor. Uh, not because they're woke. They just they weren't weren't that funny. Um, I was so ready to engage in, in an SNL-based conversation today, and it just never came up. So last time I watched something for social reasons, it's the last time I'll ever do that. Uh, unless, you know, good musical performer or whatever. But Ice Spice, I she didn't do much for me. I'm not here to slander Ice Spice, but everyone else is slandering Taylor Swift. I can, I can slander Ice Spice. After, after SNL on Saturday. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I had a thrilling weekend, obviously, as you can tell. Uh, Saturday night was was such a highlight, such an exciting weekend. Uh, lots of great sports. There's so much sports on tonight, too. The ALCS has already started. It's in the top of the second, and the Rangers are up 4 to nothing. I came back into the studio right as the show was beginning because I, I ran around the, the building a little bit. I went to grab some things from an office, you know, fill my water bottle. I came back, and it was 4 nothing Rangers. It's the score in the top of the second. The NLCS begins tonight between the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. And then Monday Night Football should be pretty great. I'm looking forward to Chargers and Cowboys. I was dreading Sunday Night Football last night between the Bills and the Giants. It actually turned out okay. Maybe that's because Daniel Jones wasn't playing. I I don't know exactly why that game went the way that it did, but it turned out being entertaining, which is more than I thought it would be going into last night. But lots going on tonight. I'm looking forward to that. There was a lot that went down this weekend between the Badgers uh, and we're going to talk Badger. Zach Heilprin's going to be here at 4.30. I'm very excited to pick his brain. He was at Badger Media Availability today. Spoke with Luke Fickle and others about this, that, and the other thing and about the the trajectory of their season, which right now is not pointed in in, in the best direction. It's not exactly going straight down, but it's, it's not exactly going straight up either. Mordecai's going to miss some time, so we'll get the latest, the details, and some analysis from Zach Heilprin. You hear him on Temple and Heilprin and... You read his stuff, madcitysportszone.com. You hear him in the updates. He's all over the place. He's omnipresent, really, is, is Zach's deal. 
uh, and we'll talk Badgers football with him coming up at 4.30. Otherwise, more Packers talk in hour number two of the show. I want to start by telling you about my weekend and talking about some of the NFL games yesterday. I had a wedding on Saturday in lovely Shatek, but 45 minutes north of my hometown of Menominee. Uh, drove up there, quick little scoot. Well, I had to drive to Menominee first. That was not a short drive, but then a little scoot up to Shatek, just south of Highway 8, not technically up north. Now, Shatek has an up north feel. There's a chain of lakes and lots of cabins, but not technically up north. It's south of Highway 8. That night, Saturday night, I stayed in a hotel in Rice Lake, about 20 minutes north of Shatek, right through Cameron, and that's across Highway 8. That's that's an important line. So I went from just south of up north to up north, a hotel after the wedding on Saturday night. It was in this hotel room that I watched the end of USC Notre Dame, went for a walk, came back, Saturday Night Live was on, watched it, was mostly disappointed, uh, and then fell asleep. And the next morning, I headed up north, went up 53 towards Highway 2, and I was fishing a river, uh, parts undisclosed. I'm not going to name the name of the river on this show. Those of you who care about such things probably know the river I'm talking about. The rest of you don't care, so I don't need to put it on blast. There's enough people that go fish this river. I'm not... I'm not saying it out loud on the radio. I was fishing maybe 9 a.m. until 4.30 or so. So at about 4.45, I'm, I don't know, on Highway 2, about 10 miles south of Superior, headed south. I got to get back to Madison. I got hours in the car in front of me. No one has ever had worse Sunday scaries than I did yesterday. Imagine being on the beach of Lake Superior, and you're taking in the scenery, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is good stuff. Had a great day fishing taking in some sunlight out here on the beach. And then I turn around to walk back to my car and think, I could not possibly get farther north in the state of Wisconsin. And I could not possibly really drive much further south than I need to drive. Madison is not on the Illinois border, but relative to Lake Superior, it's basically down there. So I got home around 1030 last night. But I get into my car and I start driving around 445, 5 o'clock. And I'm just scanning the AM dial because I don't have good enough service to pull up any game on my phone or check any scores. I'm scanning the AM dial, you know, going through static, praying to find some type of football. And around five o'clock, like I said, I'm about 10 miles south of Superior and I found it. I hear that CBS sports radio music and it's eye on football. And if you're like me. And for whatever reason, you find yourself driving around on a Sunday. You had a weekend wedding. You're out of town visiting family. Maybe you're up north fishing and you're driving during football hours. You find eye on football and and you're covered. What a fantastic program. I'm listening to Zach Gelb. And I haven't checked scores all day. I haven't had service all day. The Browns beat the Niners. The Bengals hold off the Seahawks. Oh, interesting. Okay, I wasn't sure which way that one was going to go. Wow, and I'm, and I'm hearing all the scores and I'm, I'm getting you know, up to date with what has happened so far in, in what would it have been week six of the NFL. And it reminded me a little bit of, of folks. I feel like I've seen this in a movie or a TV show and I, I couldn't tell you which movie or TV show, but it reminded me spiritually, at least of folks tuning into Winston Churchill at night during world war two. You know, you got the blackout shades on and I feel like I've seen this in a movie where they turn on the AM radio and you hear Winston Churchill, the Nazis have advanced path. And I'm like leaning into my car radio, trying to get it through the static to hear if the if the vikings beat the freaking bears i'm just i'm just dying for any form of information i can in the north woods of wisconsin coming down 53 which by the way 53 is a very underrated uh i guess it's not an interstate but it's a very underrated highway it feels like an interstate it has 
a, a lot of the modern amenities of 94 and that it's very wide and smooth, but it's much more scenic. It's much more peaceful. I think it's smoother. Like they, they pave with asphalt up there, whereas a lot of 94, you get grooved concrete and, you know, you have stretches of road construction. What a peaceful drive on 53. I enjoyed it, like I said, and listened to Eye on Football as I'm learning about the scores from the noon slate and how the three o'clock games are proceeding. The NFL is amazing because upsets like this happen like almost any given Sunday. Now, some Sundays are more run of the mill. We'll find any given Sunday in a 17 or 17 game, 18 week season. And you can point to a game every weekend where it's like, yeah, I never would million years would have predicted that. Right. All these games live on a knife's edge, as they say. And now Kurt Warner is reminding us of that every weekend with those nifty, uh, responsible gambling uh, spots that he's running. It's like a lot of these games decided by three points or less. So know your limits. Bet only what you can afford to lose. Never chase your. Oh, that's the other one. Never chase your losses. Thank you, Kurt Warner. The NFL is very unpredictable, and it's unpredictable in a way that the NBA is not or Major League Baseball is not. For example, one could go up north and be out of service, away from civilization for a day and check NBA scores and think, okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. There wouldn't be anything earth-shattering. You would never go, go out of service for a day, check NBA scores, and be floored, be beside yourself and think, oh, my God, never in a million years did I see this happening. No, I, the NBA is not full of shocks and surprises. And even when there are upsets, they're really not that big of a deal because the season, unlike the NFL, is very long. It's 82 games. The NFL is 17 games, 18 weeks. So any result is massive. All of these games carry the weight of, of uh, uh, 10 NBA games or 10 Major League Baseball games. You could ignore Major League Baseball for a weekend and you could check the scores and you'd be like, hmm, yes, interesting, I see. And the most shocking thing that you could possibly find would be like, the Brewers got swept by the A's? Son of a gun, look at that. And then you'd move on with your life because in the end it doesn't really mean anything as we watched in the playoffs. The Brewers went on to win 92 games despite getting swept by the Athletics. Not that it did them a damn bit of difference because they got swept out of the playoffs in two games against the Diamondbacks. Now the Diamondbacks are a couple wins away from the World Series. So what happens in April or May, it doesn't matter. You could never go off the grid, come back to your phone or come back to your radio and be floored by the NBA or be shocked by Major League Baseball, but for the NFL, totally. You miss three hours of football, you feel like the world is passing you by. You feel like, oh my God, like like the world has advanced years and you and some weird episode of Black Mirror have been off in the woods and you, for example, didn't hear what happened to the Niners in Cleveland. The Niners losing is so, so good. A, because I can't stand the Niners and I think Packers fans, we have all this this pent-up angst towards the Cowboys. We should take all of that angst and put it on the Niners because the Cowboys have done nothing to upset anyone in the last 30 years. Neither of the Niners. They haven't won a championship in almost 30 years either. Now, we don't say that about them for whatever reason. We drag the Cowboys for not winning any championships. We should also drag the Niners because the Niners haven't won anything, what is it, 28, 29 years? But the Niners have directly impeded the Packers. They've directly prevented the Packers from making another Super Bowl or making another conference championship. It's happened four times in the last 10 or 12 years. We should hate the Niners. So the Niners losing makes me happy. That's A, I just don't like them, so that's great. But B, it's also so compelling. We've needed a Brock Purdy dud so bad. And even in his worst game as a professional so far, Brock Purdy was still not terrible. He was fine. And I understand that Debo... And Christian McCaffrey got hurt, but isn't that the whole point? The whole point of, well, yeah, Brock Purdy struggled, but he lost Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, exactly. 
that's what we've been saying. It's like, yeah, Brock Purdy looks excellent. And I give him all the credit in the world for running this team and, and doing a really good job. But he's playing with a, the Avengers around him. He's got the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man and Captain America and that one guy with the bow and arrow. And I'm not really sure how he factors into the, the Marvel sphere, but I'm sure he plays a significant role. There's no way they would just create another character and, and, and a series just to make money and continue to mine IP. He must play some sort of crucial role in there. That, those are the skill position players that Brock Purdy is playing with. And he lost two of them yesterday. He made a couple bad throws. He was mostly fine, but the Niners end up falling in Cleveland to a third string quarterback to P.J. Walker. XFL legend the Niners losing yesterday that's just good for football it's good for people who talk about football like you and me every day it's great 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 for the takes great for the conversation the Eagles losing yesterday fascinating the Eagles are five and one I believe four and one five I think they're five and one the Packers having a bye it's got me all out of whack with how many games teams have played and, and how many weeks we've played if this is week five or six the Eagles are five and one and you'd never I tuned in uh, Ben Kenny's home and native WIP for a couple minutes this morning. I'm like, I wonder what they're saying about the Eagles. Classic example of heavy expectations, folks. Right? The Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year. Jalen Hurts looked amazing. Packers fans, we'd know a thing or two about this. Or four, because they lost in, we'd know four things about this. We've lost in four NFC Championship games in the last, whatever, eight or nine years, however many years it's been. The Eagles are 5-1, and one and their fans are mad, and they're upset with coordinators, and Jalen Hurts is regressing. The Jets winning that game might even be more fascinating. We'll talk more about coaching later on in the show. Robert Sala is fascinating, puffing his chest out and talking a ton of smack. Well, you're, you know, you're a 3-3 three and three team, and he's got a career record sizably under 500. A lot of interesting storylines from yesterday in the NFL. I want to talk about it, but we got to get to Zach Heilpern at 430, and I want time to sneak in a couple of calls and continue to talk about what happened yesterday. And if you want to share your thoughts on the Badgers as well, I'd love to have you. So we're going to take our first break just a little bit early, so we have time to get to a couple of calls before I give Zach Heilpern a call. W-O-Z-N, Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. We'll talk to Zach Temple and Heilpern as well. He's all over the place. We'll talk Badgers with him at 430. A lot more of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Zach Heilprin, our friend from the Zone Network. You hear him on the updates. Read his work, madcitysportszone.com. Temple and Heilprin, a weekly program live at Monk's. Uh, I think the best Badger talk around. I love when Zach and Jesse get together and crank out some Badger takes. A couple of tweets here at Wisco Grant before we get to the phones. Josh says, people need to realize that the Badger players are Paul Christ's players who aren't that talented. Let's wait until Fickle gets his guys in there. Uh, to some degree, yeah, but also like Fickle Fickle brought in a bunch of guys, a couple big weapons on offense. It's, it's not like they had a passive offseason in the transfer portal. They went and got a lot of guys. Now, Josh, if you want to make the argument that those transfers need time to settle in and that the task of all of these coaches and transfers kind of convalescing and, and, and establishing something and, and getting momentum, now that might take time. But Luke Fickle brought a, a good amount of his own guys. I wouldn't say they're untalented and all Paul Christ guys. It might take a little time for this this collection of new coaches and players to get going, sure, but... It's not like we're running out Paul Chris offense and, and trying to run the air raid. Uh, the Red Shed, a.k.a. Vagabond John, he has tweeted at me. Yes, that is the river I was fishing this week. And I'm, I'm not going to say it on air because there's enough, you know, there, there's enough rich yuppies from the Twin Cities to drive over there and fish it. 
uh, Bobby and Eau Claire says FDR fireside chats. It felt more like a Winston Churchill broadcast. FDR, it was much more calming. It felt very intense what I was doing on my AM radio yesterday. It felt more like a Churchill uh, bomb update. And I don't know World War II history that well, so maybe I'm maybe I'm speaking out of turn here. Let's talk to Ryan in Alaska, 608-321-1670. What's up, Ryan? What's going on? Plenty, plenty, my brother. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, not as busy as you, it sounds like, but busy is good. I'm sure yesterday you had some time to relax and not be stressed with the Packers on by. I was, uh, I was, I was returning from New Hampshire with an exciting uh, music production project out there. I feel I may have uh, potentially made some groundbreaking new uh, connections and relationships. Uh, you'd be surprised what's northwest of Boston, my man. Oh, new! I'd love to go to New Hampshire and Vermont. I've never been to the East Coast at all. The farthest I've been to South Carolina, and that's like the farthest up the East Coast I've been. <laughs> South Carolina is the furthest north. That's like being at the neck uh, before you even get to. Uh, I'm trying to think of what's just above that in the Game of Thrones map. You know. Uh oh, God. Let me think. North of River Run. Yeah, yeah like, I was uh, going to say Harbor, maybe the River Run of uh, the United States. I would. That's a good comp. Yeah. Well, did you? Uh, you were driving back. Where did you find? Were you lucky like me? Did you find some Ion football to listen to? Some of these other games. I uh, once I got to the Boston airport, I caught the end of the Eagles Jets, and honestly, hot take, I was really happy to see the Jets down the Eagles. Oh yeah. Uh, um, I, yeah, and honestly, yeah, based on what you were previously just saying, I don't think that's much of a hot take. It's good for football to have that parity. There's no undefeated teams left. I was just over the moon to see the Browns down the 49ers because I absolutely bleeping hate the 49ers. As you should. This is, see, you get it, Ryan. Here's someone who gets it. We got to take the anger and the hate that we have for the Cowboys and place it on the Niners. The Niners are the team that deserves all of our hate and anger and angst. I love this from you. Great take. Also, the other two people that deserve all of our frustration are um, shout out to uh, Dave from Monona, Matt LaFlunk <laughs> and Joe <laughs> Barry. Yeah. Uh, the play calling has been, at best, highly questionable. Jordan Love is not being set up to succeed because Matt LaFleur cannot, for the life of him, pick a starting five offensive line that's the best five guys. I don't know, and maybe you have some insight on this, why in the ever-loving heck is Josh yes. Nyman riding the bench? He is clearly better than Royce Newman, no matter where they're lining up. Why is it not... Nyman at left tackle, Jenkins at left guard, Tom at center, Myers at right guard, and, like, John Runyon is a capable right tackle. He, that's what it should be. So I'm writing opinion. this down. I'm going to ask this to Mike Clemens at some point this week. I've, do you think this is a, a Joe Barry learning to be a professional type situation? Like, last year they didn't play Devontae Wyatt because he was, he was maturing or he had to learn to be a professional. Is, that, is this a behavioral thing with Yash Nijman? Because I'd be surprised if it's a performance thing. I feel like he's been a, a very good tackle the last couple of years when they've asked him to play. I don't know if this is a – yeah, it's a great question, right? It's like, are they waiting to, to play him until after the bye just to show everyone, like, oh, this guy's really, really good. We gave him a second-round tenor, but, uh, like, you're, you're, you gave that guy that money. He can't just sit on the bench. He uh, Are they going to wait, like, and show him off to people so that they can get, like – uh, as good a deal for him, like trading him as they can. I, I don't know if, you know, it'd be great to be a fly on the wall in Gutekunst's office, but um, man, between that and 
figuring out like I mean it's a it's a very very deep offensive tackle draft next year. You got you you got uh, Fashanu from Penn State, Joe Alt from Notre Dame, and They're taking the six other guys who are first round guys. But like safety as well, Cam Kinchins, uh, who's oh, the guy boy. from Clemson. Oh, don't ask like, me. don't ask me. You're the you're the draft guy of all the callers of the show. You're the draft guy, and I I have to move on. I got to get to two guys before thirty. Ryan, hey, you send me send me some of that musical stuff you've been you've been cooking up out in New Hampshire. I got to hear a little bit of this. Well, and just to your listeners, when when uh, this guy plays on my new single, Let Hoping, shameless plug, uh, it's going to be absolutely insane. Ooh, uh, please book a, please book a gig in Madison, and I will come I will come join you. Please, we got to work on this. At least one. There you go. Just one. I'm not picky. Yeah, I, mean, I don't need a whole tour. I got to run, Ryan. Hey, I appreciate you. We'll talk. We'll talk, buddy. We will. Much love. Yeah, much love, Ryan. See you. That's our uh, our buddy Ryan in Alaska, our draft guy, obviously, and road tripping back from New Hampshire. Musical Conquest. Badger Bloody Reviews is here. 608 321 1670. What's up, Bloody? Grant, how are you this fine Monday? I'm doing good. Uh, we're talking to Zach Heilprin coming up. I feel like I am not as upset as I should be about the Badgers today. I was at a wedding, so I wasn't watching in detail. I was, I was following along, and I feel like a lot of people are pissed, and I, I just, I'm in too good of a mood, maybe. I think this is a problem today. Dude, I was feeling, I was feeling the same way. You know, I, uh, I also had things to do this weekend on Saturday. Not as exciting as uh, heading up north to go to a Uh-oh. wedding. Well, yeah, you're, you hail but, from you know, Spooner. You would know all about that beautiful corner of the state. Yeah, that's why I had to call in. You know that northwest Wisconsin, uh, that neck of the woods, holds a place near and dear to my heart up there north of Highway 8. I've uh, spent a lot of time in Rice Lake, uh, oh. probably too much, actually. But, hey, if you want to do anything and you live in Spooner, you basically have to drive 30 minutes in any direction. And Rice Lake is the closest semblance to civilization that you got. Dude, The I, I stayed at a hotel. It was right behind the quick trip off, uh, I think, County O or whatever exit that right off 53. They redid this quick trip. I didn't even recognize it. I thought they tore down the building and built a new one. We were talking to the the checkout guy. He was probably like 16. He's like, why are you asking me these questions? We're like, when did you when did you redo this place? It's beautiful. Would recommend. Next time you're up there, Badger Bloody, you got to stop. Is that the one by the Menards and the car yes. dealership? Yes, yep, right by the, yeah, yes, you're spot on. You know your Rice Lake Quick Trips, that's the one. Yeah, a stone's throw from the Taco John's right across mm-hmm. the street. Right across, right across the main well. drag. Oh, what a great neighborhood. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I, I had to check Vagabond John's Twitter to see what river you were uh, fishing at. And, yeah, I'm not going to blow up your spot here on air, but uh, always a good choice. Never got a, never miss an opportunity to get up to the Great Lake when you're up that far oh, already. Oh, the gales of October were very, it was cool. Like, the sun was nice. When you get in the spot with the sun where you're out of the wind, it was beautiful. But the second you get a little bit of that, that breeze from the north, ooh, ooh, not gales in November yeah, yet, but pretty close. Anytime I go up there, I always have to remember to bring – a couple extra layers because it's not, you know, that four-hour difference coming from Madison certainly is. Uh, it oh. does make a difference. I liked your story about hunting for the game on the AM radio coming back. Yeah. Um, I actually yeah. lived with my folks in Spooner uh, before moving to Madison. Um, took kind of a year to just kind of, you know, reset a little bit. And I was dating a girl that lived in Madison. So very frequently I would spend my weekends, drive to Madison on Friday, be driving back up Sunday night, and same deal. North of Eau Claire, that coverage gets real spotty. You're mm-hmm. hunting on the dial for the, mm-hmm. any semblance of news on the Sunday night game. And uh, one thing on the Sunday night game, hey, I know you got to get to Zach here really quick. Yep. NFL coaches, clock management, 
Oh. Across the board this season has been awful. we got to get these guys playing Madden. It is ridiculous the decisions they're making when, you know, important critical decisions are on the line. Bloody, it's on the list. This is what I'm going to talk about at 5 o'clock because I, 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 I wrote this down. I was like, I know we're ripping Matt LaFleur, but I watch all these other coaches. And Thank I, you. No, no, yeah. Please rip some of these other clowns that clearly have not ever played a game of Madden. Otherwise, they would know when to take the time out, when not to, when it's a pass-only situation between yeah. Dayball. Oh, my God. And he blamed it on his quarterback. I want to talk about all that. I got to get to Cone before we get to Zach. I appreciate you, bloody. This was excellent. Sounds good. Yep, I'll be tuning in. Thanks, Grant. Yeah, appreciate it. And I always relish a chance to talk about the different quick trips in Rice Lake. Cone Roller is here. We'll talk to Cone, and then we'll get to Zach. Cone, welcome to the show. How are you? Grant, really hitting the topics today. Fireside Chats, SNL, Badgers. I did watch SNL. It was, in a, it was in a Rice Lake hotel room. It just felt right for whatever reason. Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of casuals when it comes to SNL discourse. You know, people say it's not as good as it once was, but, you know, those aren't the same people that actually watch week in, week out. So credit to you for actually having an informed opinion, even if it's one I disagree I'm with. I'm watching the tape. I am. I'm, I'm not just getting my takes off of Twitter or, or just speaking out of my butt. I'm, I'm grinding the tape. I watched. It was it was fine. I like Weekend Update. Weekend Update is always funny. I like Che and, and Colin Jost. I get a kick out of those two. Yeah, they always got some good stuff. You know, keep it current, current events. I love it. Um, kind of like the Great Lakes, though. I'm unsalted over this Badgers loss. I could not care less. They're so boring. They are. And that game just sucked. It was just a waste of time. They are. Like, I, I, I don't feel one way or the other about this team right now. And that's bad. As a Badger football program, that is bad that you do not have my attention one way or the other. And as a booster, don't let Chris hear this. I mean, geez, as a booster, for you to be disengaged like that, that does not spell good things financially for the university. Well, I've said multiple times my money is only going to the Badger basketball program. Ah, okay, so, okay, okay. You know, if you ever saw any of the fine production value of the red-white scrimmage, you know. That's, that's probably from, from my pockets. You had your hand in that. How? What did you take away from the red-white scrimmage? You're one of our better Badger basketball callers. So takeaways going into this year, Greg Gard, he's returning about 90% of his scoring, about 90% of the minutes played from last year. So, But coming into camp, he said, guys, the starting lineup is not set. There are minutes up for grabs. Love everywhere love it so for a coach to be returning 90 percent of last year's minutes to say it's wide open that that put the fire on a lot of these guys going into camp you know the gus buses of the world um isaac Lindsay. you know is he Mm -hmm. scrapping for some minutes carter gilmore what's he going to be doing so you know i think there's a lot of interesting things to watch these first couple games um starting on i think what november 1st with stevens point kind of seeing what a guard goes with for his lineups um, definitely well, going to be an interesting story to watch. I can't wait. I was looking at the schedule earlier today. I, I have that day circled because I'm going to get down to the Cole Center, hopefully cover that game. Uh, hopefully with Zach Heilpern. I, I would love to go cover a game with Zach. I'm I'm familiar and, and uh, on a personal level, I'm a great admirer of the Stevens Point coach, uh, Kent Dernbach, who took UWL to, to some great seasons the last couple of years before going home. Can't blame him for going home back to his home and native Stevens Point. So I'm, I'm hoping to be there for that game. I'm We're ramping up our Badger basketball coverage this year, Cone. Like, I'm going to be in the gym. I mean, we're going all out. This is the premiere. This show is a premier destination for Badgers Hoops fans this year. Are you going to be able to be at Greg Gard press conferences? Post-game press conferences? Maybe. If I go to the thing is, like, if this show goes until six, how quickly can I get to the Cole Center? What pregame am I missing? If I can go postgame, I'll ask a question to Greg Gard in the, in the postgame. Is there anything you want me to 
pass along? Anything to ask? Uh, not at this point, but okay. you know, I'm sure. I'm sure. You, I don't know how he'd respond to a guy that's that's putting out the Greg Guard gauge though on a on a daily basis. You know, uh, how would he feel getting a question asked about that? Uh, well, like, uh, would your question just be after every game? Coach, are you safe? Is your job safe or not? I just only ask that. How how do you feel yeah. about your job security, coach? Every game, win or lose, that's just what I'll ask him. Oh, and then God. you gotta you gotta put your answer on the gauge. <laughs> that's my only role. I am my my job is not reporter. It's Grant Bill's host, comma job security supervisor for Greg Gard. That is my role on the Badger beat. Hey, you know every media member needs a niche. Yeah, well, media begins with me. I'm just trying to find my role in this media world. Cone, I got to get to Zach. Speaking of the media, he's great, but I appreciate this. You're getting me amped for Badger basketball. I can't wait. Yep, cannot wait. Takes fifth to finish in the Big Ten, but I think they're going to finish a lot higher than that. Grant, have a great show. Yeah, thank you, Cone. We're finishing at least third. A lot higher. <laughs> a lot higher than fifth. Zach Kyle for next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. If you are thinking, wow, this show's been a, it's it's been a lot of stuff. It's a lot of talking about quick trips in Rice Lake and you know, listening to games on the radio. Not a lot of sports, Grant. Where's the sports? Well, coming up at five o'clock, I want to talk about Matt LaFleur because we talked about him so much last week. And I don't know about you, but I watched football this weekend and thought, you know, maybe maybe we're not so bad with Matt LaFleur. I'm not sure that a lot of these coaches really have this whole coaching game management thing down pat. We'll get into the NFL, talk about that in hour number two. Right now, a man who wears many hats. He is a host. He is a reporter. He's an analyst. He's an updater. He's a close friend. But most importantly, and and I I think that my favorite hat that he wears is he is my uh, companion on the Badgers beat. Zach Heilprin is here. Zach, hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Uh, we are going to cover a bad. We haven't yet, but it's in the works. We're planning it. Uh, la- a couple years ago, I really wanted to cover UWL versus Madison. Uh, scheduling issues outside of my control arose. I was not able to make the game, which I've been living down since. So I'm looking to make good on November 1st. I can't wait. Well, that's a big game. It's a big game. You know, Stevens Point coming to Madison. You, uh, are very versed, very well versed, I should say, in Stevens Point basketball. So uh, I'll have to be getting some, I'll have to be getting uh, read, read into things uh, from you. Because otherwise, I'm just going to be completely lost for that night. Well, Zach, you know, you're a little insulated here in Madison, and it's a bit of an ivory tower of a city. And I'm here to tell you that the connectivity between Madison and the rest of the state hinges on nights like this. So let's bridge the gap together. When the WIAC and the Big Ten come together and, and Stevens Point Madison plays, it'll be big. But that's not what we need to talk about today. I yeah. feel like I'm I'm wasting time as much fun as I'm having. Uh, Badgers yeah. lost their quarterback. Is it, why don't we start there? Because you spoke to Fickle today. Update those who are maybe busy today. Where do we stand with our quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, who's got a busted up hand? Yeah, Tanner Mordecai broke his hand on Saturday in the second quarter and is out indefinitely. He underwent surgery yesterday. They put a pin in that hand. There's no timetable on when he could be back uh fickle was asked like you know is it the palm is it the finger which is it the thumb and he's like i'm not a doctor and he started talking about metatarsals and everything so we don't know the exact you know we don't know exactly uh which finger or hand you know what part of the hand is broken but he was unable to grip the ball so obviously a bit of a problem for a quarterback and 
He is out indefinitely, and in steps Braid Locke, who has 31 career pass attempts, 30 of them coming against Iowa uh, on Saturday, so you got to see all of those. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's where they're at right now. He's obviously a highly touted quarterback, or I should say a touted quarterback coming out of high school, out of Texas, ended up at Mississippi State. He was a four-star recruit, three-star recruit, depending on where he was, went play for Mike Leach uh, in the air raid down there. And Phil Longo had recruited him coming out of high school, so I knew a little bit about him. And now he's uh, his starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. He's not He's not highly touted, but he was touted. He, he was touted. Like highly touted is like four and five star guys. Yeah. Right? Like that, to me, that's like highly touted. Uh, he, he was touted. He was touted. Uh, I, you know, I, I speak with fans every night who call my show, and I'm I'm in the streets of Twitter. You only follow and, and interact with other verified folks on Twitter. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not verified, but okay. Well, okay, well, I'm more of the people. Let's put it that way. You know where this is headed, right? Fast forward two or three weeks, you know what fans are going to be saying vis-a-vis the Badgers quarterback situation, don't you? Yeah, they're they're going to want to see the guys behind them. Miles Burkett. Yeah. So you do. Well, know. okay. That, now, now that's interesting uh, because obviously Miles Burkett is the number two quarterback on the depth chart. But Luke Fickle was asked about that today, whether maybe maybe they'll work some packages for uh, Miles Burkett Ooh. in or potentially Nick Evers, who, speaking of quarterbacks, highly touted mm-hmm. coming out of high school, uh, ending up at Oklahoma first and then transferring to Wisconsin. He, of the uh, uh, you know, had, had some issues with the playbook in the offseason. Maybe it wasn't all the way up on that. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily guarantee it's going to be Miles Burkett, but Based on what we saw in fall camp and in the spring, he was he, he it felt like he was miles ahead of miles nice. ahead of uh, of Nick Evers at that point. Now whether that's changed or not, I don't know, but we'll, we shall see. What if what if Braden Lock comes out and lights it up? Then will I, those same people be looking for him to be benched? I, I guess part of this assumption is that he's not going to come out and light it up. And if he does, it probably won't be a problem. But if this continues, and if this team continues down the, the same path, Miles Burkett is, I mean, Ike Badger's podcast has already tweeted about it, so it's out in the mainstream. And I, I don't know, people are going to be calling for the local kid, the hometown kid from, from Franklin. I don't even know what that is. What let's, is that? I don't even know what that is. Let's, well, it's a reputable uh, aggregate. I don't know, actually, what it is. Uh, that's just where I saw it. Phil Longo. Let's talk about Phil Longo. Um, I don't think I do. I think I saw it on my For You tab, which uh, is a part of Elon's, you know, grand uh, switch of Yeah. Well, you said it, and not me. I do want to talk about Phil Longo. Um, I like the guy because he's had plenty of past success, and he looks like a Bills. He, I, I'll show you a picture <laughs> of my grandpa and his brother sometime. He looked with the with the flat top or the buzz cut. Um, it's uncanny. Yeah. But put it this way: if I knew nothing about Longo and I didn't know where he came from or what he did, and I knew nothing about his past successes. I would watch these games and think, "What is this? This makes no sense. This doesn't seem. There doesn't seem to be any identity here." What do you think about Phil Longo and what he's done so far this season? Just give me your Phil Longo take. Yeah, I think he's a little short to be a Bills. Um, well, so my height actually yeah. comes from my mother's family. Actually, my grandpa, okay. my grandpa on the other side was six four. The, the Billses are rather they're a shorter folk typically. Okay, well then maybe he fits in. Uh, what, what have I thought about it so far? I think a lot of people had the expectation, as did I, they were going to be able to hit the ground running much quicker than they have. Because you look at his previous stops, whether San Houston State or Ole Miss or North Carolina, or North Carolina, they're always very, very good to start the year, uh, or to, so I should say, to start his tenure there. And they just haven't been able to uh, figure it out. Now, whether that's a, something, that, a result of talent, a result of them not being able to put the guys 
that they want in the right places, whether it's play calling, whether it's guys not doing what they're supposed to do. I think you could probably make an argument for all of those things. But I think the one thing that stood out to me on Saturday, and this goes back to the identity of things, is fourth and one on the first drive of the game, they have been running out of shotgun pretty much the entire year. That's who they are. They're, you know, an 11 personnel team, three wide receivers, one tight end, running back and doing what you're doing. And uh, they brought out four tight ends and went under center. Like, that's not you. That's not you anymore. And so I, that to me is maybe there's a little bit of an identity issue uh, with exactly what they want to do on a consistent basis. People have killed them for running, you know, running out of shotgun on fourth one, but that's who they are. And so to go and flip things and try and put Tanner Mordecai, the guy who's never played under center in his entire career, high school or college, and asking him to do that, not, not uh, to me the, the smartest play to make. Now, again, they, they tried to do it later in the game, and a guy jumped offside. So they're, that's just – you're just asking for, I think, disaster in those situations, trying to be something you're not. And that maybe right now is – a little bit of perhaps, perhaps the issue. So I watched the Chargers the last couple of years. Brandon Staley takes over a fourth down, fourth down. He's going for it. And then the media, they, they got to him. They wore him down, and now he kind of coaches like a coward sometimes. Is it possible that that you, and I'm not blaming you, but the Badgers media and, and everyone at Boosters and, and the athletic department, he, he just started hearing the noise about running the ball, and Phil Longo is feeling the pressure, and maybe that's why they're, they're doing some of these under center, more traditional style looks. Could be possible. I mean, none of us has talked to Phil Longo since August. They don't make him available. Yeah, well. So that's a bit of a problem. He listens, um, though, you know. Well, he's, I'm not, he's probably a big Wisco Sports Show guy. Well, he probably, probably. probably is. And look, I've, I've been, you know, everyone wants to fire the coordinator, not me. I'm, I'm reasonable. I know that firing coordinators doesn't, it doesn't just snap of the finger solve things. So Phil Longo no, probably would like this show. I'd fair to him, I think. I, big, big fan. Big fan of not firing coordinators uh, after, after six games. Same thing with not firing the coach after six games yes. uh, when you come in and try to do a complete overhaul of what it was. Now, whether that overhaul is going to work or not, obviously still very much up for debate, but trying to judge something after six games, whether it's going to be successful or not, a little bit of a fool's errand. So, um, so do I do I, yes. do I? think Phil Longo has hurt anybody? No, I don't think that okay. uh, whatsoever. That's good. That, that, makes, that makes me happy. I, I want my coordinator to have a backbone. Uh, unlike Brandon Staley, that was just the example that came to mind. Zach Heilprin is here, The Zone. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. We're good friends. We speak often, um, which I've said for years, but now, you know, we actually work in the same building. We get to, you know, face-to-face. And I was asking you about the Big Ten West earlier and the idea that maybe Phil Longo and Luke Fickle, they weren't prepared for the Big Ten West? Like, that you can speak to this. There is something different about the way these games are played, like culturally, spiritually, philosophically. Use whatever word you want to use. Iowa looked so comfortable and so confident playing in that type of game, and Wisconsin looked the opposite. Do you think there's anything about that? Luke Fickle, Phil Longo coming into the Big Ten West and and maybe needing to feel it out for a little while before really getting it? It was kind of interesting to hear Iowa guys talk after the game where they thought that based on what they saw on film, they could just come in and out physical Wisconsin and, and beat them up. And that's not necessarily something you've ever heard before. Mm-hmm. You always felt Wisconsin and Iowa – or even just, you know, Wisconsin's lines, defensive line, offensive line. Yeah, they may not win everything, but they're going to fight, and they're not going to be pushed around. And Iowa came in and kind of pushed them around. So there, there's that aspect to it. In terms of Fickle and Longo, I think the decision not to kick the field goal when it's, you know, fourth and one at 13 in a game you know is going to be decided 
likely decided, based on all of our experiences watching Iowa and Wisconsin for the last 15 years, mm-hmm. that more likely than not, it's going to come down to one possession here or there. And a field goal does matter. And Fickle said after the game that, you know, kicking field goals isn't going to win a game. Well, um, you know, you would have been yeah. a, a better position had you kicked that field goal. Uh, it would have been, you know, instead of 15 to nine, or instead of 15 to six, it's 15 to nine. You still have a chance to, to win. Or instead of, you know, what was it, uh, 13 to six, you're 13 to nine, and you have a, you have, a, you're the opportunity to go and win a game. So, I, I don't know if there needs to be like an indoctrination of the Big Ten West and get that in it. We don't want that. Yeah. I think we all, I think a lot of people wanted them to come in here and change the Big Ten West up a little bit. Uh, and maybe it's going to take more than six games to do it. But that that kind of stood out to me in the idea of, you know, how often are you getting in that position mm-hmm. to kick a field goal? But also that was the closest they got to the end zone all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's another thing. You're on the 13. I, I think the most likely scenario, even if they pick up that first down, is they probably end up kicking a field goal at some point anyways because it's not like they were – I was confident in them punching the ball and then from 11 or 12 yards away, you know? They were – well, I mean, they've, they've been a very good red zone offense. Like, they were 20 of 21 going into that game. Um, some of those have been field goals, certainly. But I think they were, I think it was like 12 or 13 of them have been touchdowns. So they had, they, they, they were having some success in the red zone. All right. Okay, I'll back off that take. Before I let you go, Zach, I have to give you kudos. You know that I know that you are great at what you do. Um, but there is a specific take. I, I, I think of you, I thought of you this weekend, and, and I wanted to bring up, you're you're pretty good with quarterbacks. Uh, you, unlike most folks, you saw something in Deacon Hill. Big arm, a lot of arm strength there. Very very gifted athlete, and he's two and zero. He's quarterback of the Hawkeyes. So I'm just saying. two and zero. Hey, look, I I said it and regretted it probably the moment it came out of my mouth. <laughs> he was going to be the future starter at Wisconsin. Thankfully, I think uh, that uh, take proved to be absolutely horribly wrong and was one of the worst takes I've ever had, um, which is saying something. And yet, right now, he's 2-0 as a starting quarterback. And just like Joel Stavi is the all-time wins leader at Wisconsin, wins matter. Luke Fickle said it as much the other day. It, it doesn't matter all these other statistics. It matters about wins. And that's all Iowa does. That's all Deacon Hill does is win. And uh, he was fantastic in a win last, uh, the other day. I thought uh, he really managed the game well. You know who, uh... that, that handoff on that 83-yard <laughs> touchdown... Hey, part of part of being a good quarterback is taking what the defense gives you. You know who not just handing the ball off. You know who's great this weekend, Zach. Won an award actually this weekend. Who's that? Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz was tremendous. He's had a great year, and I'm extremely happy about it. He's a good kid. You know, I always wanted to see him succeed here. He was great with very gracious with the media, um, as you and I are both well aware. Um, It's good to see him succeed. Down there for sure. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Zach. I always enjoy when you come on. I appreciate your time. And yes, let's go cover a Badger basketball game soon. Can't wait to see you at the Kohl Center. Yeah. yeah, That's what we like to hear, Zach. That's Zach Heilprin. Read his stuff, madcitysportszone.com. Follow him on Twitter at Zach Heilprin. He's always tweeting out links to the camp and the swing. And then he's got Temple and Heilprin. He's creating Badger content constantly. So if you're a Badger fan, Zach is your guy. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate my buddy on the Badgers beat, my fellow uh, 
fellow Badger reporter, Zach Heilpern. I'll see him down at the Kohl's Center. You know, we're bound to bump into each other down, down there. This is one of my new favorite things. I discovered this within the last year or so. I like covering a very small, insignificant event. Insignificant in the grand scheme of things, meaning Brewer Spring Training. It's three other reporters there. Baseball World Classics going on. So Willie Adamas and other guys aren't even there. It's real low key. And then I'll talk about it the rest of the season. Like, well, you know, I've been in the Brewers Clubhouse. Spring training. Back in March. You know, I just harp on it. I get a kick out of that. I'm about to do the same thing with this Badger basketball season. Although I'd like to cover more than one game this year. But I'm looking forward to wisconsin stevens point coming up on november 1st and i told zach you know pull some strings maybe get me a seat in the press box right next to you it would be a good time we could share thoughts on the game you know witticisms throughout the night appreciate zach follow him on twitter you can find all the stuff there coming up next i want to get back into the packers back into the nfl i watched a lot of games or i guess yesterday i was driving when a lot of the games were on so it was highlights and kind of catching up on recaps and, and of course you know we've been watching football for the last two months now so we have a pretty good sense of, of some of these teams some of these quarterbacks I, I just watch a lot of these coaches and I'm not really sure that there are any elite coach coaches right now like I very rarely turn off an NFL game and think by golly those two coaches I mean fourth down decision making clock management timeout usage, game planning, what a stellar game. No, it's watching Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels trade flubs for four quarters or watching Brian Dable and the Giants last night step all over themselves at the goal line. And and I want to be fair to Tyrod Taylor because I I think that was more on Brian Dable and then Brian Dable shows him up publicly and I hate that. And I don't know, like I don't know that Robert Sala is a great coach, although the Jets won last night. So if we're going to be critical of Matt LaFleur and we have been critical of Matt LaFleur, I just want to make sure that we're looking around the Joneses, so to speak, you know, and saying, oh, it's not actually that much better over there or over there. Grass isn't way greener. It's not like we got a bunch of prime Bill Belichick's and, you know, Don Shula's and then Matt LaFleur. Like, no, it's a lot of Brian Dables and Josh McDaniels who beat LaFleur, unfortunately. That's the tough part. Two minutes. We'll come back. Talk NFL coaching. Talk Packers on the Wisco Sports Show. When I get low, I want to get competitive spirit and just really dial in and truly taking it one day at a time and focus on what lies ahead and that is improving. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks, the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Should be an awesome sports night tonight. Rangers Astros on right now. And I I did this thing that a lot of people in sports talk do about two hours ago, but I stopped myself. I, I had the instinct to do this thing that a lot of people in sports talk do, and I think it's an annoying thing. I had the instinct to go, why, why are they playing this game in the middle of the afternoon on Monday? Don't they want anyone to watch? Oh, it's the worst. Oh, so dumb. Idiots. Oh. Because everyone always does that. But then I started to think, it's like, well, you didn't want to do it during football tonight. And the NLCS is already on tonight, I guess. I feel like when you take too many days off between games, you lose juice. 
So yeah, well, okay, you could play this game tomorrow night, but then you're taking a night off and people lose interest because we have goldfish brains thanks to TikTok and, you know, attention span complaint here, yell at crowd, you know, et cetera, yell at cloud, et cetera. Um, so I guess maybe this is the best time for this game to be on. I like it. I like when there are games on during the show. I have something to distract my goldfish brain because what, am I supposed to just focus on hosting a radio show? No, I'm Gen Z. I need something else to be on in the background, so it's nice to have sports, but... Texas is up on Houston, five to nothing. The Rangers are just a wagon. And I'm glad that they play these games close to every day because these guys play every day for six straight months. And then in the postseason, you're supposed to give them two or three days off. Like, it's it's just unnatural. So I kind of like keeping with the schedule as much as possible. But I was going to complain about why this game is on right now. And then I said, Grant, do you have a better idea? Do you have a suggestion on on a better way to do this? No? Okay. Keep it to yourself. No one likes someone who just complains all the time. So I stopped myself. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. You can follow me there. You can call the show if you'd like, 608-321-1670. You know, we spent so much time last week criticizing Matt LaFleur, and I think a lot of it was fair because the Raiders are poor. They don't have a lot of great players. The one great player on defense, Max Crosby, should be able to game plan for that. Right, the Packers getting healthier. Christian Watson was coming back. We thought Aaron Jones was going to come back. That turned out not to be true, but Elton Jenkins is back and getting healthier now. They are in 11 days off coming off of that Detroit loss. The crowd is very pro Packers. I don't think Josh McDaniels is a good decision maker. Go back and rewatch last Monday night's game. You'll see why. Right? There was a million different reasons why the Packers should have at least looked very good. And if they lost in a shootout where the Raiders played awesome, then I guess they lose in a shootout in a game the Raiders play awesome. But that was not the case. They end up really scuffling. So, of course, we're going to criticize Matt LaFleur and, and, and talk about how he and his game plan and, and some parts of his leadership came up short. And then I watched games yesterday, and I'm like, man, Brian Dable, you can't communicate with your quarterback. Like, yeah, we're going to call an option, a run-pass option, but, my guy, you can't run it. <laughs> you don't, like, we don't have any timeouts. And Brian Dable didn't think to maybe pop in the headset. And say that, and then when Tyrod Taylor last night going into halftime hands the ball off, and they don't have time to get another playoff, Brian Dable shows him up on the sideline, and he's screaming. It's like, hey, everyone, it's not my fault. And then at the end of the game, he throws his headset like a child. It's a, it's a bad red flag to me when coaches can't lose with grace. It is your job as a coach when your team loses to come to the podium to calmly answer questions, be boring, and answer questions and say, yeah, it's my fault. Yep, that's on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to do a better job to say that. And, and I know with Matt LaFleur, Packers fans get sick of that. Matt LaFleur is always saying, I, I got to be better. I got to coach better. And, and we don't like hearing that, but that's better. That's better than the alternative of a coach showing up his quarterback on the sideline. He did it with Daniel Jones the last couple weeks. He did it with Tyrod Taylor yesterday. Brian Dable should have told uh, Melissa Stark at halftime, we heard that his face was red and he was so angry he couldn't speak. Instead, he should have told Melissa Stark, like, yeah, that's really frustrating. But that's on me. You know, Tyrod Taylor's finishing. He's our second-string quarterback. He's filling in here in a pinch. I have to make sure that in that situation, you know, me and Daniel have an understanding in situational football that if I call a run-pass option, it's understood that in those types of situations, yes, it is an option, but it's the pass. Tyrod Taylor and I, you know, we don't have that connection. We don't have that line of communication. He's our backup, and I should have known. I should have been ex- very clear. I should have been explicit. That's what you say. You don't show up your backup quarterback on the sideline and make a scene. Robert Sala, I don't really like him. He he looks depressed on the sideline, and if he's not depressed and he's winning, then he's talking smack. It's like, my guy, you're 3-3. Three and three. 
And I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, his all-time record is, is what? It's still under 500. I saw our friend Ben Kenny tweeting about that last night. Like, I just like my coaches. I like them to be presidential. Colin Coward always says about quarterbacks. I like my quarterbacks to be quarterbackial. Like, if you're very stoic, very boring, never starting stories, always finishing stories. I like my coaches to be the same way. They're supposed to be the adult in the room. And just a lot of examples of, of coaches just, hey, guys, let's calm down. Brian Dable, let's cool off a little bit. Matt LaFleur, yeah, he looks a little sad sometimes. I'd like to clean that up. And I'd, I'd like for the game planning to get better. I think it's going to get better. I'm hoping that it's going to get better. And I'll give you a couple reasons why. We'll do that in a few minutes. Let's take some calls, though. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Clem Head Mike from Chippewa. Clem Head Mike. How are you? I, I went just by your neck of the woods on 53, right past Lake Halley yeah. and, and the 29 exit. I thought of you last night. Yeah. Yeah, I used to, well, I used to live in Halley, too. So. Um, yeah, you, I don't know how much somebody so young as you brought back so many memories for me from when I was a kid. I, I remember listening to AM radio on my grandma and grandpa's uh, 1936 Silvertone. I'm looking at it right now. I've, I've actually listened to you on it. Um, I used to tune in radio stations uh, on shortwave from around the world, and I pick up AM stations from Cincinnati and from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. They were on clear channel uh-huh. late at night. I'd tune them in and, you know, listen to stuff and listen to the British Broadcasting Company and listen to stations and in languages I didn't know what they were. And uh, yeah, I used to listen. That's just uh, that was kind of cool. And back in my day when mm-hmm. I was a kid, I was fifty three. <laughs> you had to drive through Chippewa, Bloomer, yep. New Auburn. There was no four lane. You had to go through every single town. You had to drive through Cameron, Barron, uh, Rice Lake. Fifty three went through Barron. Interesting. It went through every, well. No, I'll take that. I'm sorry, not Barron, Barron County. I went through Cameron and then Race Lake. Sure. Yeah, not. I'm sorry, not Barron, but yeah, 53 I had to go through every little town, and oh my god, it took hours. Well, and that used to be that used to be 29 too, because you know I would complain or my dad would complain about driving to Green Bay from from our hometown Menominee. Oh, yeah. and it's three hours, but now 29 is a two lane or or four lane depending on where it is like it's a legit highway but then of course my grandpa yeah. would have to chime in all back in my day like it, like it was basically a snowmobile ride to green bay you'd have to stop at every little tiny town it was. because yeah exactly you would know yeah yeah it's highway x now you had to drive past uh, between the two lake Lesotas. you had to go through Kadat and boyd and thorpe wow. and owen right by yeah. well now now you just cruise right by the prison on 29 right outside stanley you can you can see it from the interstate yeah Oh, that prison. I, I, I did 600 service calls there. So, yeah, really? I know that prison very well. It's way bigger when it looks small from the highway, but it's big. Especially <laughs> since I used to have to walk it. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking you're bringing me all these uh, memories from when I was a kid. That was pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I didn't watch any sports this weekend. I spent most of the day, uh, all day Saturday and most of the day Sunday with the grandkids. So, that was way better than sports. That's a heck of a day. It was beautiful. Do you get outside, rake any leaves? Do the, the grandkids, do kids still rake a pile of leaves and then jump into it? Or have we aged out of that as a society? Uh, no, they didn't. We didn't do any of that stuff. I, I remember Thursday, I was telling you, I, I burnt brush all day. Yeah, that's hours. a great day. Well, it's still smoldering. And, and uh, wow. Friday and Saturday, it rained all day. And then Saturday and Sunday, we had a sprinkler on it. And I looked out there today, it's still smoldering. So holy crap. <laughs> you did it right. Oh, boy, that's how it's you burn brush. Like, it should go for a long time. It's going to be like those peat fires in Scotland or Ireland that burn for 100 years. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, my God. Well, you know, just I got to pick your brain about the Packers before I move on and we get to some other calls, Mike. Do you feel optimistic? I feel optimistic. And I'm going to explain why as to maybe why things could get better the next couple of weeks. 
But it's a lot of vibes. Like, it's a lot of hope. I don't have any concrete evidence. What do you think? What do you feel about this Packers team and, and maybe how the, the next month will go after this bye week? I feel kind of optimistic. I feel like, like I always said, they're young, they're growing, they're, they're, they're gelling. And uh, I, I do want to agree with you off topic. I do want to agree with you with Dable. Um, yeah. Tyrone Taylor did kind of hang him out to dry, especially in the last 14 seconds of the, of the half when he had, you know, I don't know if he called the running play, but Tyrone Taylor is what, 34. He's been in the league for a while. He's been around. He's probably been yeah. better too. He could have audibled out of that play. That was a well. I, I think what ha- I think what happened is, and if you go back, you watch the replay. He audibled into it because they call the. I, you assume it's a run pass option, and you see him tap his his helmet, which means you know go to the next player or whatever. Now everyone knows this because everyone watches all twenty two film. Um, but so he checked into a run play, and then Dable got mad. But Dable, get in his ear and and tell him. You know what I mean? He seems to be a classic old school coach, barking at your players. Bark at Tyrod Taylor. Tell him not to run it there. Maybe there's a reason Tyrone's been a career backup. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. He almost got it done last night. I was bummed that he didn't, but also, yeah. like, I, oh, I don't know. I kind of like watching Brian Dable get mad after losses. It's entertaining. <laughs> He's <have> a heart <laughs> attack. Little round guy's going to have a heart attack on the sideline. I just know it. <laughs> oh, my God. Appreciate you, Mike. I'm going to get to some other callers. Yeah. Glad you had a great weekend. Thank you very much. Yeah, Bye. have a good one. Clemhead Mike up in Chippewa Falls has been to the, the prison in Stanley. It's funny because... Last night, I was at the other night, I was watching Prison Break. I've been watching a lot of old uh, dramas that were on Fox in the early 2000s. It all stems from my uh, my watching of House and Prison Break, obviously, in a prison. I was like, it'd be cool to tour a prison, but it'd also be kind of messed up. Like, I, I don't know. There's very few people who get to go into prisons. Mike, you are one of them. So doing service calls in the prison. It looks bigger on the inside. You can see it from 29. It looks pretty big. I love all the highway talk today. Let's go back to the phone, 608-321-1670. Let's go sports show. Who's this? Well, hi, Grant. This is Ken. How are you doing, Grant? I'm doing great, Ken. You sound like you're doing well as well. How have you been? I've been doing good. Anyway, I heard that uh, uh, Bill Michaels, uh, uh, when you took that job, um, uh, I was surprised that Bill Michaels didn't pay you for the job. What do you mean? Did he? Pay- I get paid to do this job. Yeah, but Bill Michaels said that the that he, I, I, left, I left his phone, and oh. Bill Michaels well, okay, so so we were talking about um, Pat McAfee having Aaron Rodgers on as a guest, right? And he's getting like a million dollars a season to do those hits. What Bill meant is he doesn't pay guests. Like, we don't pay a Packers player to come on with us every week, or we're not, you know, paying 50 bucks a week to have a writer on. That's what he meant. Mike is, but Mike, like, I'm the same as Mike. We're all employed. We're part, we work for the show. So I, I would fall in a different category. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, I don't think you would have uh, lost lacrosse, but uh, again, you, you, you love Madison just as Grant. Oh, I love the whole state. That's the theme of today's show. We're talking about 53 and 29. Ken, I, I appreciate you. Yes, I, um, I do get paid. <laughs> I, I like the idea of Ken listening, thinking that I'm doing this job for free. No, I do get paid. I'm just not a contributor to the show. So we were talking about. For those who don't listen to every split second of the Bill Michaels show and the show, uh, we were talking about the story of Pat McAfee paying Aaron Rodgers to come on. And Andrew Marchand from, I think he's with the Post. I'm 99% sure he's with the Post. Uh, reported that. And then Pat McAfee got mad. And I, I, I guess I could see why Pat McAfee would be frustrated. Anyone with a bit of common sense knew that 
Aaron Rodgers is probably getting paid by Pat McAfee to come on. But also when you report it like that, and McAfee is so controversial and he's unliked by by some circles, even though he's harmless enough, where the report and, and the way that it came out, the way that it was presented, may, maybe kind of made it seem like this is all a farce. Rodgers gets paid to do this every week. I don't doubt that Rodgers enjoys coming on. Don't get me wrong. But if you're Rodgers or Rodgers' agent, like think of the value of an exclusive with Rodgers every week. How, how much aggregation you're going to get. Like think of how many clickbait sites write a story about what Rodgers says on McAfee or think about how many people tweet about it. Like that value is worth the money they're paying Rodgers. And while I'm sure Rodgers enjoys McAfee and he enjoys coming on, he's a businessman and he realizes I could do this on any show. I, I like Pat McAfee, but I could do this on any show and any show would be lucky because the attention and the clicks and the aggregation that comes with it is, is worth that money. Um, I am not paid as a guest to be on the Bill Michaels show. I am, I am paid as a producer, which is a million dollars a year. It's about the same ballpark though, Kent. Yeah. It's, it's right up there with, with Rogers money. 608-321-1670. Wisco sports show. Who's this? Wait, you get paid for this? I do. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't pay you. I don't pay any callers though, Vagabond John. So don't worry. I'm not, I'm not hanging you out to dry. Although I do appreciate your contributions. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't have it in the budget to, to pay you. I haven't gained the following of Aaron Rodgers yet. Otherwise, we're going to be coming. Me and uh, Tony from Texas and Cone Roller. Yes. Tell you what, when we get that same following as Aaron Rodgers, we're coming. Right, writer's strike. You, you guys should have went on strike when the writers went on <laughs> strike because you do you do play a very similar role in the show. Although right now, your takes, Vagamon John, are aging very well. Defenses of Joe Barry, who was absolutely not the problem last Monday night, and the whole take it slow, don't expect too much from the Badger football team, I'd say that you seem to be pretty correct about that as well, so far at least. Well, I try not to be wrong, you know, and I'm waiting on that Nebraska take, you know, that one's still in the oven. It looked a lot better. That's the other one I got absolutely rocked for this year is thinking Nebraska could finish second in the West, but we'll see after uh, after what we saw Saturday and obviously this injury to Tanner Mordecai, but I think, uh, you know, you started this hour talking about coaches in the NFL are not great. You know, like they get the simple, easy stuff wrong way more often than you'd expect somebody of any profession to get just the very basics of the profession correct. You know, yes. Yes. it's just like if you hold if you were to like judge a rock band and they like, you know, forgot to start a song or, or just messed up on stage all the time, we'd be thinking, wow, wow, that's a really bad rock band. Any profession, especially in entertainment, how are these guys making these mistakes? And then I bring it back to my defense of Joe Barry, right? It's like. What does this guy actually do technically wrong? And I like to be a little bit careful when I'm criticizing coaches just because I do think players make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And some of the things, you know, when you're looking at play calling, when you're looking at the details, clock management, all that stuff's pretty objective. A lot of it's, like, very agreed upon what should or should not happen, particularly, like, the mechanics of a game. When you're looking at offensive line play, and now switching gears a little bit and talking about the uh, Badgers coaches, when you got four and five star offensive linemen coming out of high school, what do people exactly mean when they say, well, they don't fit the scheme? When you got a five star left tackle, yeah. What the hell scheme does a five star left tackle not fit? Yeah. Or or tweak your scheme because if your scheme can't accommodate a, a five star talented left tackle, then your scheme stinks. You know what I mean? So we got a we got a fourth and one, and we got four, you know, four or five star guys all trying to block the same Iowa guy, leaving two guys open. Whatever, Braylon Allen doesn't know how to run north and south. Just tackle in the backfield. And well, they, they just don't have the talent. And I'm sitting here, okay, 
When I'm defending Joe Barry, it's generally because I'm watching a pass defense and I'm watching one single safety make a bad step, and then he, he gets get beat deep, and you see all the other corners kind of yelling at him, or you see individual players punching the ground because they made mistakes. When you see teams come out and repeatedly an entire offensive line just be totally physically dominated by an opponent, you can't really point to the players there. You can't really, I mean, maybe you can point to the leadership and kind of the guts and maybe, uh, you know, the players just didn't dig deep enough. The sure, motivation part hole. of coaching. Yeah. yeah, maybe they're not motivating themselves well. Sure, bring your own juice, as, uh, as uh, Colin Wilder would say. But when I'm watching an offense just be totally inept, and this is, I guess, for the Packers and the Badgers. That's why I think, like, those are the two coaches. In our Wisconsin football, uh, whatever you want to call it, ecosphere, I was going to say. That's not the right word for it, but whatever. Uh, in our football life, the two coaches that I think should be on the hot seats are the offensive guys, Matt LaFleur, Phil Longo. Reason being, it takes 11 guys to make a play work, and it just seems like on most of these plays, only five dudes are doing the right job. And uh, watching that game on Saturday from Section G covered, Grant, you would have loved it, man. You can't see the big board, right? You can't see the big TV. Interesting. But what they give you are these awesome, like, 28-inch TVs <laughs> that everybody in the section gets to stare at. I mean, man, this would be Grant's favorite seat in the house. And oh to make it even God. better, they just po- paste it with quick trip ads. When they're, like, doing a replay or something like that, you got this 28-inch TV. And half of it's taken up by Quick Trip, and like the actual, the actual like frame for the replay is just like in the upper right corner. So it's such a small screen, you would love it, man. That's a very I do love my small TVs. I ended up in a hotel room on Saturday with another tiny TV. They follow me everywhere I go. Vagabond John, you preach patience. Do you think there's a situation in which this season proceeds kind of as it has so far? This Badger season, we have an off season, and then next year, week one, it's like whoa, there it is. There, there, no. there's the air raid. You don't think so? You, you don't think this uh, year, the, the transition year of all the coaches coming together and all these players melding, you don't think that just takes a little time? Here's why. What we just talked about. If you can't teach four- and five-star offensive linemen, dudes who are, who are absolute dudes, right, if you can't take Wisconsin's best recruiting class, a bunch of four-stars from 2021, by the way, ranked 16th in the country, yep. for all those who want to pretend we've never been in the top 40 in our lives, what a bunch of weird uh, – that, that whole discourse is weird. But I have zero hope in Phil Longo at any point in the future until proven otherwise, and here's why. We are running the spread offense now. You need to compete now with Ohio State, uh, USC, Oregon. Who are the other spread offenses in Big Ten? Maybe Indiana, but maybe they don't count because I think we can actually compete with them. Penn State, they get those athletes, and now all of a sudden Michigan's starting to recruit receivers well as well, um, too. So you have all of these schools that are above them in terms of NIL potential, geography, and brand awareness. Now those are the schools you're competing against. You are no longer competing in the niche of let's go get the lunch pail gritty guys where we can maybe beat Iowa and Minnesota for a couple of recruits, get the best of that bunch, and then use a system to try to beat a superior uh, team in terms of talent. Now you're directly competing with the biggest brands in college football for the best athletes. And Wisconsin fans, I'm sorry, they have not demonstrated that they're going to be able to pay a quarterback $5 million a year in NIL. And there's absolutely nothing that gives me hope that this offense 
is going to compete. On the defensive side, can we turn things around? Can it look better next year? Sure. On offense, I have zero faith that this. Well, uh, it sounds like his call dropped. I'm going to uh, send him a message on Twitter because I doesn't know his Twitter handle. I do know his Twitter handle. Uh, what I was going to say, and I was about to let you go when you were done with your rant bag about John, is, man, you're uplifting to start the week, so you have no faith in anything. Uh, okay, I wonder if this is Vagabond John calling back. Vagabond John, is this you? Hello, hello. All right, we're going to take a break. I got a couple other callers on hold. We'll see. Hang out right there. We'll get to you when we come back. I want to keep talking Badgers. Yes, that's the theme throughout tonight's show. Also, coaching in the NFL is just, it's kind of mid. And if you drafted all of the NFL coaches right now, I think you would take Shanahan, McVay. You would take uh, um, Mike McDaniel in Miami, but you're taking them for the scheme. You're basically drafting an offensive system if you're drafting a coach. Gone are the days of motivators and decision makers, although I guess we have Dan Campbell. So we'll keep talking about all this next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, not to keep mentioning baseball, but I just can't help myself. Uh, the Texas Rangers just keep hitting. And I'm, I'm watching the game. It's in Houston. And, and I had a similar thought, but J.R. Radcliffe perfectly put this thought into words. He says, every ball to the outfield at Minute Maid Park has the same energy as something from a Mario Super Sluggers field. So many weird nooks and twists out there. I just expect a chain chomp to break up a routine fly ball. And this tweet, oh, JR, you took me back. Friend of show, JR Radcliffe of the Journal Sentinel. I used to play so much Mario Super Sluggers on the Wii. I remember I had a playdate back when we called them playdates with a friend in elementary school. And he went to the Mr. Movies in town and rented. He said, I got this baseball game. It's called Mario Super Sluggers. Oh, my God. We, we played it all weekend. Well, not all weekend because two night sleepovers were not allowed in my house, which looking back, it was a good, good parental move. I had to come home and do chores. I couldn't have a, fr- a sleepover to friends Friday and Saturday. And I'd come home Saturday night and I'd pick me up at 9 a.m. There was no loitering. You got your sleepover in. Now it's time to come home. We got chores to do. We got we got things to do. But I remember playing Mario Super Sluggers. That game was elite on Wii. And I think it probably existed for GameCube or N64 before it. But, God, that game was fun. Eric on I-90 is here, presumably, to talk football. 608-321-1670. What's going on, Eric? Dick Briscoe, Duluth, Minnesota. That's who's calling. Oh, up in Duluth? Happy. Up in Duluth. I'm the chief operator of the Edmund Fitzgerald Experience. And uh, I tell you what, we just booked the whole Minnesota Vikings and all our fans to get on. And we take you all the way to the bottom. Um, So are, are you upset that your Vikings won yesterday? Do you want them to tank and keep losing? This is what it sounded like when you're listening to the game the whole time. Right here. Hear that? Yeah, you're the rumble, rumble strip. strip. Yep. That's what it is. Yep, that's what it was. All right. Kevin O'Connell called me up. He emailed me. He said, who's driving? I said, you are. You are, Kevin. You're the driver going right to the bottom. And you stay down there till next season. What is, uh, that's what happened. What, have, what is Vikings fans' perception of KOC right now? Are you guys out on him? Because he had a magical first year. 
and it's been a lot of bad luck and a lot of fumbles, a lot of fluky stuff, injuries. Where do we stand on on the shawl Tom Mc, or the shawl Tom McVay, the tall Sean McVay, as I, I know his nickname is, correct? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know what to say about this. I'm feeling pretty two and five. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm feeling, Grant. I suppose. Feeling pretty two and five after next week. Yep. I no, s- that wasn't impressive, was it, Grant? Well, I, I saw a headline today. I, I think it was Arif Hassan, or, or maybe was, I think it was Seifert, actually, Kevin Seifert, who I think writes for ESPN, who said the Vikings inspire more confidence in their losses than they do in their wins, as if to say the Chiefs game was more impressive than what happened against the Bears yesterday. 100%. That guy's like a 1,000% right. In fact, Funny. I haven't heard anybody more right than him <laughs> all day. Yes, that was some stellar... Losing yesterday. Oh my god, my god, interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about the group. Um, that's okay. You know, last week I think I said I would I would trade Justin Jefferson and I want to recant on that right away. Okay, uh, I'm not trade him. No, don't trade him. Too uh, bad. Well, that's- you guys don't know what to do without him, and I like KJ Osborne and I like Jordan Addison, but. I don't know. You guys are you guys are pretty stuck in the mud, it would appear, at least after yesterday's game, without Jefferson. And, Eric, if you were Justin Jefferson, would you rush back? Because the Vikings didn't give you the contract. He, he still doesn't have assurances past, you know, this year. Why would he rush back for a team that's not going anywhere? Right. Why would he? And another thing, too, is I think the Vikings are probably looking at this through the same glasses a little bit, if you will, of the, um, you know, because he's got a lot of value, too them in many respects so interesting uh right yeah i don't know what the vikings are supposed to do the vikings and the bears could both be racing for caleb williams or for one of these top quarterback picks in the same division and i thought the vikings were going to contend for the division this year yeah they think they're going to trade kirk cousins but he's already barricading himself in a barnes and noble (laughs) he ain't coming out he ain't going nowhere he doesn't want to go anywhere no, why would he want to go anywhere, right? Why would he? Why wouldn't I just stay here until the end? He's got a pretty good thing going on. I think, right, he does. He's getting paid a lot of money. And, uh, you know, the defense, I guess, did have some bright spots. And and they did take advantage of some really easy, uh, you know, interceptions and so on and so forth. Um, but they did take advantage of it, I guess. So that's a bright spot. Oh. Uh, there's a bright spot. I'll take it. I'll All take right. It. But they didn't look good. It looked good. They looked better so against the Chiefs north. in a loss. I was up north. I was in your neck of the woods. I You, Snowmobile, and Cable, correct? Correct, yes. When do yes, you go up there for the first time? I suppose you got to go up and check out the place. Before it snows, you got to get it ready, right? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, stay, I stay at Lakewoods Resort up there. Oh. I don't have a place up there. No, no, no. No, I don't want. I tell you what, everybody who tries that business, the first thing they do when they got to get there is they got to plow. And then they got to fix the furnace and all that crap. I like to get there, drop the sleds, and ride. That's it. We're gone. I like that. We're not fixing anything or carrying on like that. I'm telling you what, to buy a place up there is decent. You know, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, I can stay at the Lakewoods Resort for 115 a night for the next 30 years. 
Yeah. For what that's <laughs> um, I my buddy had a had a cabin up in Gordon, and we'd go up there and stay. Like we'd we'd go up there a weekend in the winter, and we just you know bring a couple of bottles of booze and play cards and hang out inside. Like maybe we'd go outside and shoot guns, but if it's fifteen degrees below zero, last time we went up there. It was 10 degrees below zero basically the whole weekend, and the furnace wouldn't stay on, so it would it would kick to about 59 degrees, and then it would shut off, so it was cold the whole weekend. And one of the pipes in the bathroom was frozen, so you couldn't take a hot shower. And I, so I am aware of, of what you describe with, with people who own places up there and then go up there in the winter. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't want that work. I'm on vacation when I get up there. Did you go through Trago then, Turning Trago? Uh, I went by Lake Nabagamon. Uh, and then I, I told my buddy, I say, hey, there's this guy who calls my show. He refers to this as Lake Vietnam Akagan, and we both laughed at that. So shout out. You were referenced uh, on the road trip up there uh, on Friday. Nice. Nice. I went to Chatech for a wedding. That's about it. I love it up there. I love the Northwoods. The Northwest Woods. Uh, save me from Rhinelander and East. I, I don't need to go over there. I like the 715, the, the, the western corner oh. of the state. Right. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, Grant. Yeah, we did win. I'm going to take... Take it. I'm going to take the win, you know, take the win. And uh, we got to play San Francisco. We got to hope that, like, five more people got injured that we don't know about yet. Yep. They're, they're keeping it under wraps for competitive reasons. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, right. We don't want to let the Vikings know. Oh, my God. Know. God you knows what they do with that information. If that quarterback would have started at the beginning of the game, Chicago probably would have won. He probably would have won. Probably. At the very least, he can... He can run. Well, I'm, I'm sorry about your Vikes, although congrats on the win, Eric. i got to move along talk about Matt LaFlunk a little yeah, bit. Thanks. thanks, buddy. Talk to you later. Yeah, have a good time. We'll be talking snowmobiling up north before too long. I've never been snowmobiling up north. My buddy always goes up there. I'm always invited. But then, you know, i got to take the snowmobile safety course. And, you know, some of those folks, they go up there. And, like, I'm, no, I'm not a chicken. I'm, I'm not a baby, but... You know, some of the people, they drink more than they should. And the snowmobiles these days, they go so fast. They go so, it's like, this is not just putting around the neighborhood on a golf cart. This is, and Eric, I'm sure you know all about snowmobile safety. You strike me as someone who takes it very seriously. But a lot of these folks, it's like, man, you're you're 30 miles away from the nearest town. You're out in the woods. It's dark. It's cold. You know, you, you slip up one little thing. Yeah, Eric, I worry about you up there. Be safe. Let's take a break. I want to come back. And here's what I want to do. I want to compartmentalize this Packers season by a couple of different quadrants. I pair game one and game two together. I pair game two and game or game three and game four together. Let's organize the season. I want to break down what some of these wins and some of these losses have meant. And then I want to tell you why I'm actually pretty optimistic about the next month and where this team could go in the direction that Matt LaFleur and, and Adam Stenovich and Joe Barry, mostly the offensive side of the ball, because the defensive side hasn't been the problem, right? I don't think the defensive side is, is perfect. I don't think it's great, but it hasn't been the problem. I feel pretty optimistic about the next month, and I'm going to explain why. We'll do a little uh, review of the season up until this point. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Appreciate you listening. Yes, I want to keep talking football, Matt LaFleur. But I'm, I'm tweeting back and forth with J.R. Radcliffe because he mentioned the video game Mario Super Sluggers, which came out, would have been slightly before 2010, so like 
probably 2008 or 2009, if I remember correctly, it came out. And I remember playing it on Wii. And what I did was I made Miis of all of the brewers at the time. Remember on, on Wii, you could make the Miis, the little customizable people. So in, in probably 2009, 2010, I would have made Miis of Ricky Weeks and Jason Kendall and Ryan Braun and... I don't know, Manny Para. And imagine that team of Mies taking the field against Wario, Donkey Kong. <laughs> like a really crummy, generic looking white me, Manny Para, uh, pitching in a in a two-two count in a tie ball game to Bowser, who's hitting with a steel club as a bat. God, that game was so it was so good. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go home tonight and watch gameplay of uh of of Mario Super Sluggers. A lot of people don't understand like why why would people watch other people play video games? It's so entertaining. I love Twitch. I love watching people play COD. I love watching people play League of Legends, Overwatch, Valorant. I've never really been into Warzone. It doesn't do anything for me. But I've never entered the sphere of people playing Nintendo games on walkthrough whether it be on twitch or youtube so maybe i'll maybe i'll try to get into that tonight although plenty going on between monday night football and the phillies and the diamondbacks playing game one so maybe that will have to be a a late evening activity as i get ready to go to bed you can find me on twitter grant uh tweet me well what was your favorite character in mario super sluggers who is your favorite no uh maybe we'll save that for tomorrow write that down we'll put that on the rundown wayne larravee was on with bill michaels earlier today and he made a comment to say that we'd all feel way better if the Packers were three and two instead of two and three. And I'm listening in studio, I'm just pondering, thinking. I'm like, wait a minute, why? Why would three and two be that much better than two and three? And I'm not trashing Wayne here. And I've, God, I, I anytime I say something about it, I feel like Jiminy Glick. And I don't mean this negatively. And I, and I don't mean this to trash Wayne. I, I would ask him this on air. It's like Wayne, three and two, two and three, like yeah. A winning record is better than not a winning record. And it would be nice to be a 500 or better, sure. But if our hope is that Jordan Love is the Packers starter for the next five years, for the next 10 years, this is small peanuts, okay? If we look back and we look at the games that have been played up until this part of the season, I put weeks one and week two in a bucket. Week three is its own thing. Week four is its own thing. And week five against Vegas is its own thing. Let me explain, okay? Weeks one and two. My point of view, from a Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love perspective, I thought they were the exact same game. I thought they were the exact same game, and I remember saying exactly that the Monday after the Atlanta game. I said, guys, I know it sucks that they lost. They were right there in the fourth quarter. We could be 2-0, and but let's be real. It's basically the same game they played in Chicago. The Falcons were just a little bit better than the Bears, and Aaron Jones and David Bakhtiari got injured, and the Packers just couldn't do just enough to hold on in week two. But for all the reasons we were excited about week one against the Bears, we should have also been excited about in week two, even though the Packers couldn't beat Atlanta. Week three against New Orleans was different. The offense was sloppy. They committed a lot of penalties, especially early. And the New Orleans defense, unlike the Bears defense, unlike the Atlanta defense, rattled the Packers wide receivers. The Packers did a pretty good job with the New Orleans pass rush, but the secondary, Alante Taylor and Marshawn Lattimore, uh, even Isaac Yadam, they were awesome. They were very physical, and they got in the grill, and they disrupted Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and Jaden Reed and all these guys who were young. Now, 
Some of that disorganization, those penalties that cost the Packers in the first three quarters, some of that is on Matt LaFleur, but I think you also have to give credit to New Orleans for being disruptive and playing a certain brand of physical defensive football, a brand that the Packers don't play, but we're not talking about that right now. The fourth quarter was awesome against the Saints, and despite the first three quarters, there's a lot to love about the Saints game, specifically the fourth quarter. When you're looking in a season like this for moments and drives and flashes, you need to be able to look at that New Orleans game and say, yeah, the first three quarters are about as bad as it gets, but how great was that final couple of drives in the fourth quarter? How much, how much promise did they show? It was great. I loved it. Week four versus Detroit. Detroit is amazing. Coach, coordinators, roster, everything is matching up. They're three years ahead of the Packers, and that's assuming the Packers have the correct people, assuming that we have our own Dan Campbell and we have our own Jared Goff, and, and they're building the right way with the right GM. We're three years behind the Lions. And I would have liked for the Detroit game to be less ugly, but Detroit is really good. They're really good. What are you going to do? Okay. Week five versus Vegas. This is the red flag game. New Orleans was frustrating early, but did not give me red flags. Detroit was a blowout, but because I have after the first five or six weeks and what I've seen from Detroit, I have nothing but respect for Detroit. They're even better than I thought they would be. They, they've checked all the boxes I needed to see checked. I, I buy into them. The Detroit game, in my opinion, was not a catastrophe. It was a really good team beating the pulp out of a young team that's not very good yet and a young quarterback that hadn't faced much adversity yet. Week five versus Vegas, that was a catastrophe. It was the only red flag game. It was the first time I've seen Jordan Love make some throws where I'm like, what doing? What are you doing? Where are you going with that ball? What are you? <laughs> what's, what's that? Why are, you th- why are you throwing that? This is the first game that had me questioning the process of Jordan Love being the guy and Matt LaFleur maybe being the guy. Hated the game plan. I loved the game planning at Chicago, Atlanta, and even New Orleans. The New Orleans, they just needed guys to make plays. They needed Jaden Reed or Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson to make plays. They couldn't until the very end, and that's why you saw the Packers come back and, and, and win, right, even though the first three couple quarters were awesome. So, in summary, weeks one and weeks two, very good. Loved Matt LaFleur's game plan. Loved the execution from the young guys. Week three, reasonable struggles against a really physical secondary in New Orleans. But guys leveled up in the fourth quarter. They rose at the moment and gave us a lot to chew on in that game. Week four against the Lions sucked. But these young guys hadn't seen an elite team yet. They hadn't seen a contender yet. And losses like that will happen when you're rebuilding. And this is what we asked for. We wanted to start over. We wanted to reset the expectations. Guess what? The Lions are awesome. The Packers are not. They beat us to a pulp. I would have liked it to (laughs) to maybe not be a blowout right away, but whatever. Week five against the Raiders. That needs to not happen again. That can't happen again coming out of this bye. And I think what happened up until this point after weeks one and two, defensive coordinators got a little look at Matt LaFleur, got a little look at Jordan Love, and the NFL is such a schematic league. So the Saints were very smart. They're well coached. For three quarters, and the Lions and the Raiders, they all had good game plans, and they were very successful. They came ready. So the Packers and Matt LaFleur started the season on and up, and then tailed off, and now we're on and down. Matt LaFleur needs to come out of the bye after being in the lab for a couple days off, adjust, and be back on the upswing. The Packers were good. Defensive coordinators adjusted. Now it's time for Matt LaFleur and his guys to adjust to the adjustment. Right. There's, there's supposed to be ups and downs this year. We had some ups early. We've had some downs. I want to see an up against the Broncos. And that might not even mean a win. And I hate to be that guy. But if Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. If the Broncos come out and they beat the Packers 31-30 in this game, 
I'll feel fine. I'll be frustrated that they lost because I detest Sean Payton. And I'd say I don't like Russell Wilson, but I, I haven't liked him forever. And I was proven right about Russell Wilson like two years ago. So I, I have no further axe to grind with the quarterback, Russell Wilson. That, that case has been settled. It's been out of court. It's been paid out. If the Packers lose to the Broncos like 31-30, okay. But at least Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love will have shown, okay, we did this early. This isn't working anymore because defensive coordinators have gotten a read. It's time for us to mature and grow together. We'll adjust. We'll do this. And I want to I see them come out of this bind, be ready to go and be confident. I need to see that. Then I need to see it against the Vikings and against the Rams. They don't need to win all of those games, but for the next month coming out of this bye, I want to see some tweaks and some adjustments and a little bit of growth, even if it means they go one and two in the next three games. If it looks better and it looks like they're growing, I'll take it. And Packers fans, you got to take it too because we bitched about Aaron Rodgers and all the stress that he caused us and all the drama, and we said, I want to reset in expectations. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something new. I want to rebuild. I want, I want something. I'm not even fun anymore. Okay. I agreed with a lot of those different sentiments at the time last offseason, but I'm putting my hand up right now and saying, all right, they might lose some games, but we got to look past the record and see how it looks. Be like me. Follow me. We got to watch these games critically and, and through with a qualitative lens, not a quantitative lens. We can't just count wins and say, well, what's the record got to be in the next month to be successful? Well, they could go 0-4, and if the offense looks a certain way, it might just be fine. I don't think that's likely, but there is a scenario in which that could happen. Let's take a final three-minute break. We'll come back, wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. Appreciate you listening. Felt like tonight was a good mix. A lot of callers. We had Zach Heilprin, expert analysis. Some nice rants. I feel like we had a little bit of everything tonight. This week's going to be good. Eric Eager going to join us later on in the week. I think we're going to connect with our friend Ryan Glasspiegel of the New York Post, Perry Goldstein. Hoping to get her at some point this week. I'm going to be filling in for Bill on Friday. You would not believe how much easier it is to book a guest between 10 and 2 compared to 4 to 6. I think it's unbelievable. Oh, 1 p.m., I can do that easily. Yeah, someone to do 5.30. Which, trust me, I get because most people are done with work at 5. You don't want to be doing stuff pert near at 6 o'clock. I've been a little jealous of Colin Cowherd this week because with the soccer coverage and with the ALCS coverage on FS1 today, First Things First, which is the afternoon show, the 2 to 4 show, or the 2 to 4.30 show, whatever it is. They've been kind of getting pushed out of lineup. So what Cowherd's been doing, he's been wrapping up his show at 1 and, and giving some of that airtime to First Things First. I'm like, man, wouldn't that be nice? Take off a little early with the Packers on bye week this week. Turn, turn my time over to, you know, Zach Gelb on CBS Sports Radio or whatever. Go home a little bit early. Maybe go out, maybe get home in time to take a walk before it's pitch black outside. That's why this this time of year sucks, doesn't it? It's the worst getting in the car. It's already dark after work. It's lame. At least we have baseball for a little while longer. Texas is leading Houston five to three in the seventh. A lot of offense. Isn't it fun watching these other teams? They can explode for three or four runs at a moment's notice. And the Phillies and the Diamondbacks are much of the same because the Diamondbacks can drive the ball. They can slug. They can hit a home run if needed, doubles, triples. It's not just little dribblers and singles and walks. 
These teams cannot walk Jesse Winker or, or pinch hit Jesse Winker late in a game and make it make sense. The Brewers can make it make sense. From a vibes standpoint, it's still an asinine decision. But X's and O's and, and the statistics are like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess he's better than Bryce Terang, but what does that say about your starting second baseman on a play? On a playoff team, that's more of an anti-Bryce Terang substitution. That's more of an anti-Bryce Terang lineup maneuver than it is a pro-Jesse Winker one. Tomorrow, we'll talk more NFL. I got some Packers things I want to get to, and we'll ramp up. Obviously, we'll talk with Mike Clemens, and we'll start to turn our attention towards Denver as it's Broncos week. So we'll get more, more focused on uh, quite literally what comes next for the Packers. Not just, oh, what do we want to see over the next month? But, hey, this weekend, how do we beat Denver? How do we look good against a team that has a really poor defense and Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, all the details. We'll talk about all those things. And I want to react to Monday Night Football. Cowboys Chargers should be a blast and a half tonight. And the NLCS. I like watching the Phillies. They're fun. I get a kick out of them. Sue me. Sports is entertainment at the end of the day, isn't it? Podcast will go up in just a couple minutes. You can find what you missed. If you miss Zach Heilpert and you want to go check that out. Some Badgers takes after they lost to Iowa on Saturday. Ugh. Talk to you tomorrow for...